Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Just like that. Your home for everything rugby league. This is Running It Straight with Tony Kemp and Sam Hewitt on SENZ. Uh, that is rugby league. Yeah, welcome into uh, Running It Straight for another week here on SENZ. Uh, Sam Hewitt alongside Tony Kemp. We have uh, one more round of the NRL uh, before we get into finals. One more game for the Warriors. Back at home, Mount Smart, this Saturday against the Titans. And we've been teasing it all day. Um, it's a great privilege today. Uh, we're going to mix it up a little bit and uh, we won't do our, our normal segments because we've got uh, Warriors CEO Cam George in the studio with us uh, for the next 40 minutes or so. Welcome in, Cam. Thanks, Sam. It's great to be here. Good to see um, Kempi, and it's good to be back home. Um, mm. Always listen to your dulcet tones across the trans <laughs> Stacey Jones always got it on his phone and so on, but oh, it's great, great to be here in person. That's good to yeah. know. Yeah, awesome. And, and it is great that you're here, Cam, because, um, look, I'll tell you, um, it's not easy getting uh, certain CEOs uh, in sporting codes around New Zealand in studio, so it's great to have you here. And um, obviously, like I said, we're coming up last game of the season on, on Saturday um, against the Titans. What... I guess just to kick us off, what what's the vibe you know around the club as as the season draws to a close with one game? And I think you know all of us and you yourself will admit we're not where we want to be on the table. What's the mood amongst yourself, management, Stacey, the boys, the team? Uh, look, there's two parts to my question. One is the past, the the the, the season that's just happened, and and what this week is for us. Um, and I'll start on you know, quickly just the past. It's been disappointing. There's no excuse. It's been uh, in some parts um, you know, quite tough for us all to accept, whether we're management, whether we're team selectors, players, coaches, whatever it be. Everyone's played a part um, in some way, shape or form, not producing the best we could this year. And it's, it's challenging for our fans. Uh, accept that. Uh, there's no one else to blame except ourselves. Um, obviously we've made some changes through the course of the year that will come into play at the end of this year that hopefully will inspire and um, instigate so many better um, uh, performances across the board um, with new coaching and high performance staff and so on coming into play. So that's the year. Obviously we'll touch on that no doubt in more detail. However, this weekend it's a chance for our fans, us as a club, to be back home finally Back home, mm. uh, not back home. Going back, um, albeit a couple of us got to duck back there next week. But you know, I know players um, over the weekend were packing up their houses and sending them back on you know planes and so forth. Today, their furniture, their their boxes, load of stuff that's been accumulated over three years. And you know, your Torhu Harris's of the world and uh, Sean Johnsons and so on and so on. They're coming home to stay, and that's something that's very good for them, but it's equally as great for our fan base to celebrate this week of the closure of a pretty tough period 
Um, and we can't do that without having um, so many fans turning up. We're sold out for the weekend. Uh, just demonstrates again what the public in New Zealand have been missing out on, and that's great NRL content and rugby league content. So we're excited about this weekend. Does it feel like, does it feel basically a stake in the sand? You're closing the chapter on this three years, you know, it all sort of starts again from next year. Is that a little bit about how it feels? or It definitely feels um, we've put a, a line in the sand this week. It's been coming. Uh, we've been looking forward to it. We had to push through last weekend's. Monumental challenge against you know Penrith, um, particularly with the injuries we had and the players out. But I thought Stace and the players went there with all intentions to have a serious crack, and for part of it they did. And then you know obviously the wheels fell off. But once that game was over, you could sense in the boys' eyes in the dressing room, um, Stace made a very valid point about sticking together for this week and getting it right to go home for our fans and cheer loud, you know, uh, and be proud of you know who you are on the field. And and you could sense that the boys really picked up on that part. Um, in terms of drawing a line starting on next year, that's already started, you know, with some of the appointments and all that. That's happening in the background, so it's already in the wheels of motion phase. With the Cam, with the three years, everyone gets that, the COVID um, stuff and how tough it was for the Warriors being over there. Are you, are you comfortable with the staff that you got um, to take us into 2023? And I've just got a question around that. Are any of them tied up in the World Cup? Are they coming in right from the beginning or are they going to be joining the team throughout the year if they are, um, I don't know, joining other teams to go through that World Cup because that can be a disruption? Yeah, there's two There's two uh, staff members that are intending to go to the World Cup. Obviously, um, whether they change their mind or not, it's entirely up to them. But that's Stacey uh, with the Kiwis in the assistant coaching role and good old Laurie Hale, who's been around for a number of moons now. Um, you know, they're, they're committed to go. But, you know, it's entirely up to them. Everyone else has either um, they had responsibilities or, or roles within the World Cup. So Webby obviously pulled out on the Samoan um, opportunity, had Richard yep. Agar likewise, and a few others um, are all committed to not going on the World Cup, obviously to be here to to start the season afresh, but so they should. You know that wasn't an option for Webby and the likes. But we haven't got a great deal of staff mm. that are heading off um, that have their their hands on the the footy compartment um, as much as what uh, other people are going uh, from the commercial side. But you know they, they don't have that relevance. Yeah, can can I just ask a question around the staff? So. With Webby and Richie Agar coming down um, from the UK and you've got Morgs and Stace, what is the structure of the coaching for next year? So um, Webby's got a very similar structure that he's introducing to what they have at Penrith and a model that he believes really allows very good and strong individual coaching. He's got strong beliefs in that, and that's a a day-to-day non-negotiable that he believes players need individual coaching as much as a collective approaching uh, coaching, as you well know, Campy, Mm. the models that they have. He's obviously seen the success that this model brings, and he understands how it operates. So from my understanding um, that Webby's looking at is that, you know, they'll all have special responsibilities amongst the group and they will be split into right edge, left edge, middles um, and they'll do defence and attack in that space. So you're not separating them out and doing different things. Uh, he's got special teams, uh, which is your, you know something he spoke to me at length about is um, what they believe is extremely important and they, I believe, you know, Webby himself, from what he's learnt from various clubs, is that your fourth, fifth 
options are the most critical options um, in your whole attack set. You know, you, you either land in the right spot, you get points from, or you're uh, um, defending in the right spot. And he believes a lot of clubs don't put a coach into that particular space to focus on what those best options are at different times of the game or at different parts of the field and so on. So with that in mind, um, you know, those four coaches are going to have a lot of responsibility, but it's going to be very individual into certain groups. So um, mm. it'll be a different structure to what we've had in the past. Um, and then Slade Griffin will be our New South Wales Cup coach and transition coach. And then Adam Blair will be our SG ball coach um, with their assistance. Uh, who are just being finalised now? Yeah, so a couple of couple of young New Zealander co- coaches underneath. I'll just I don't want to spoil their announcement. No. Of, of 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 their assistance as well. I want Adam Blair and all that. They've gone out. They've found their own. They're the people that they connect with and nice. the people they believe. And I can I can assure you they are local and yep. um, they're um, they're new sort of you know to to our organisation predominantly. So so just to clarify, so so Justin, Stacey, Richard, and Webster. So that's the those are the four for next year. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Just with that, just one final question around that. Why did you go to England? Um, Webby knows Richard very well. Uh, he's worked with him in the past. He's worked with him in the Samoan camp. Um, I, I, from a previous interview with the coach as well, um, Richard Agar's name came up as a, a non-negotiable assistant from a previous interview we did with a, a coach that's gone on to great things at another club. Um, said he's one of the smartest footy minds he's worked with. Uh, he has been in the NRL system before. And Webby, uh, just right or wrong, said he wants him alongside of him. He said he'll bring a significant amount of value. Um, we have also looked at the different angle of just, you know, different footy sense um, and having a someone that's worked in the NRL consistently, someone that's been in the UK for a fair while, we're going to have very good contacts right across the world in rugby league. But at the same time, uh, clearly there's, you know, a focus to bring young, you know, accomplished coaches through our system and that and that's our, our commitment to, you know, your Slade, your Blairies and who we put around them. Mm. Um, but, but Webby had the opportunity to choose his staff. So he's, yeah, so that's Webby's um, non-negotiable. I need Richie Agar to come over here and help me out. That's who I want sitting next to me inside the box. Yeah, he, he he's a huge fan of him uh, for various reasons, and he believes he'll add significant value to the squad that Webby's going to have from next year on, um, and certainly will balance up what he believes you know he wants around him mm. uh, with the coaching staff. Yeah. I was just going to say, if you want to text in a question, um, double eight double three, uh, the Temper Bed Post text machine. We will put uh, as many of your questions to Cam as we can. Um, just before you um, ask your next question, um, Kempi, I did have a couple here, Cam. If we can, I guess, just look on this season. We will, I'm sure we will talk about the future more, but just to go back on this season, a um, couple of questions that came in um, today, and I'll sort of blend them together. Um, one in here from Fon says, um, coaches and senior players have been publicly questioning the attitude of players at training and at game day. How has the club moved from the resilience of 2020 to a culture where attitude is a consistent problem? And Daniel, his question's on a similar line. Um as CEO, what is your take on the players' inconsistency on the field? The effort attitude week to week is either good to compete or it's poor. Um, what are you doing off-field to address that from a cultural perspective? So sort of combining those two questions together. Yeah, I think the changes will contribute to to the change, uh, both 
some of the players we've signed, as well as the coaching staff um, we've got coming into the system as well. From a club's perspective, I think there's been a, a myriad of changes over the last couple of years. We've gone from a complete lockdown bubble scenario, which allowed you know no outside contact, complete focus, complete control of day-to-day operations, lifestyles, um, everything from wake up to sleep. So that had the players in a zone pretty well all day, every day. Uh, and training was their only outlet and playing was their only outlet on a weekend. So I think what we saw in that process was players using rugby league as their you know, their outlet and therefore their energy, uh, their commitment, their passion to each other because they're living with each other without any contact with the outside world was really you know, coming to life on the weekend and enjoying that being out of lockdown, so to speak. And then obviously we, we, we've been through certain uh, locations and we ended up at Redcliffe this year. And and I don't think we ever settled at Redcliffe, to be honest. I, I think um, what I thought was going to happen this year was when the borders finally opened up in July, allowing us to come home, I thought that might have inspired our players to be really relaxed, really happy, really comforted by the fact we're going home. But it made them unsettled. It really made them unsettled. It made them anxious about, I want to get home now, you know, and, and it sort of worked the opposite. And I think that had a big bearing on on people that uh, were thinking three weeks down the track rather than this week. And I think you've seen that. And I think I know we've all seen that in the performances we've had back at home. It's inspired the players to prepare better, to be better and to come home and play better. And I think sometimes, without a doubt, we've thought about that next game rather than this game. Uh, and that's reflected in the performance. Mm. The the 2018 to 2022 strategy probably got thrown out the window because of the COVID mm. and having to having to settle in Australia. But everybody everybody gets that. But the 2022 strategy through to 2026, um, the introduction of two coaches that you basically let go and Webster and Cappy coming back in a recruitment, and then you're bringing Richie Agar down from the UK. How does Cappy head recruitment when he, I'm pretty sure he hasn't done that before, he's always been a coach, and how do you get your coaching staff to build a team of Kiwis predominantly, say 70% Kiwis and 30% um, players from overside, that can make sure we've got a really good backbone of players in this country when they really don't know what's going on in this country? Yeah, uh, really good question, Cappy, and... and not unexpected by not only yourself, but in general, it's a it's a it's a very valid point. Um, we, a couple of weeks ago, we had a, a members forum, and I presented to the members our strategy for 2023 to 25 in line with our CBA. And part of that strategy was 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 showing everyone at the forum what we were in, in mid March 2020, and where we're going with that. And that was um, an SG ball team competing really well, an NRLW team, a New South Wales Cup team, and the NRL. Obviously, that all got slammed shut when the door um, shut on us. And and then we fast forward to now, uh, all that's been paused for various reasons, and not only for us, for everyone um, around the country in sport in general. And then from 23 to 25, we're introducing new teams next year, uh, we're investing over $1.5 million more into our pathways in development and processes in that respect. Um, in 24 to 25, we're introducing, again, more teams, hopefully Harold Matt's teams, an NRLW team, and so on. Um, we've had the, 
the you know the pleasure of sitting down with with Bex Russell uh, recently and really committed to her about the rebirth relaunch of who we are our partnership who we want to be and we're, at the moment we're both drafting up a uh, an MOU to work together on some key outcomes. So there's a really good strategy there with some really good numbers of investment financially, first and foremost. And then we start to look at that structure and fulfilling that structure with local knowledge and local talent and developing that if we don't have them. And from Cappy's perspective, he's got a real interest and passion in um, development of pathways, albeit he's been in coaching. I think he was one of our coaches that really debuted a lot of our young players. When he was here, he's got a real passion and drive about uh, the Warrior brand and being in New Zealand and so forth and he wanted to head down this path at one time or another and um, I believe the balance between the role of just recruitment and the pathway stuff for the next couple of years um, his blueprint for that role is to develop players on and off the field and to develop staff on and off the field coach the coaches all that sort of thing he's yeah. not coming here to be here in 10 years in that role he's coming here to develop local talent around him and it's a really important part of it and i think he can add a lot of value to that development process let's let's just talk a little bit about that recruitment Isaiah Papali, um raymond mariner uh to four for simply just to name a few of those big guys that are local talents that have come through the Warriors and somehow found themselves um, being pushed out of the club. When you see those kids kicking on at other clubs, mm. how does that make you feel? Nah, shit. It does. I, but equally, you know we can't keep them all. And you know decisions are made at certain times of careers or times with the, the roster you got for whatever reason. But it, it hurts. It hurts. And, and I know it hurts everyone. But, um, you know, I had... Two hours with Stacey and Cappy last night on Zoom talking about that and talking about our roster and talking about our philosophy and with Slade and, and everyone and Blair is passionate about it as well. Um, and when you get below the, the sort of top 17, if you like, and break away the non-Kiwi players, um, we're starting to really see a flow on of good young Kiwi kids coming through. And, um, you know, it's been a real challenge this year. To give you an example, which a lot of people don't know, is um, we took, you know, eight, eight under-19 kids over to Redcliffe and housed them and so on. And then um, with our partnership with Redcliffe Dolphins, um, the QRL put a restriction on us that we could only play six players each week. So... Um, we could only send back six players to Redcliffe. So if we had 12 left over, we could only choose half of them to go back and play. Mm. Why, so, why did they? Do you know why they put that stipulation well, on? Well, they put it on you because you only got a partnership with one particular club. So if you look at any given game, and there's a reason why I'm saying this, is that we used to have to take 24 on the road with the NRL because of the COVID policies. And then if you take into account injuries, and then you can only play six in the Q Cup, there were probably six to eight players missing out playing every week and they get the shits with that system yeah. and so on is, is and, there and is there a, a is there residue of the O'Sullivan Moses um, era no 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 we're, we're no there's not can't be there I, I think look recruitment's recruitment everyone does it with their philosophies he worked with the certain coaches here at that time to buy players for their reasons whether that was Mooks or whether that was um mm you know, brownie or whatever it be. But no, all, all I do know is now, without a shadow of a doubt, I'm seeing 
the opportunity in 23 and beyond, as in not the calendar year but now, is the relaunch of that ambition of building from underneath. Yeah, because there's one question that is on everyone's lips and it's the Matt Lodge question about he's now running around with Sydney City on, on a run of seven yeah, games into the grand yeah, final, yeah. maybe, and we're paying for that. Is Do you want to do you want to say anything to put that to bed? No, or? I think we've said enough. All I'll say is that the right decision was made um, and um, there's no doubt that we have contributed to his salary moving forward. That's a given. Um, but, look, that's in part business. Whether it's right or wrong, everyone will have a view on it. And... and I think we were best just to move on. Wish Matt all the best. Um, you know, we've got some good young kids coming through, and I think you know ultimately we're going to be you know much better position as a club um, to welcome those kids. Do you, could you see? I guess why from the fans' point of view though, why they're frustrated because I know there's confidentiality, there's things you can't talk about, but they it doesn't make sense for them that we're paying his salary. Yeah, you know, we let go of Reese Walsh, but I'm assuming we're not paying his salary next season. No, well, that's a completely different circumstance. So one had an option that could take up the option. So effectively, we bought out an option under the circumstances and Reese asked for a release. So, in fact, the opposite happened. We got paid to release Reese. So we get a transfer fee where the other way is um, you can effectively buy out an option if you want. And that's not the first time it's happened, but under these circumstances, there are a lot of questions asked, which, you know, we've been through that and we don't need to revisit that. We need to move forward. Mate, just to, uh, let's move forward. Um, <laughs> well, actually, just, just, no, just, just before you do that, because yeah. we do have to really take a break, but I wanted to I, I just sort of close this season off, then we can talk, Kempi, about you know next year and moving forward, recruitment, um, development, etc. Um, just, I guess, to close off this season, there was a question in here from James that said, it's just come in um, as you were talking about the coaches there, he said, um, question for Cam, um, does he still have faith in Justin Morgan given he's our defence coach and we currently have the worst defence in the comp? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, look, the thing, and Campy will tell me if I'm wrong, okay? I, I like to empower the people around you, and, and the head coach is no different. Like, if we go start, um, you know, organising the staff around that head coach and they don't perform or they do perform better than him and so on and so on, you're going to have problems. The head coach is the one that needs to back his staff and select his staff, and you've got to question why and how and when sometimes. However, um, you know, as a club, Morgs has got a year to go on a contract. Um, Webby is uh, supporting Morgs in that role, uh, as we will. Um, but there's a lot of things that have got to improve, and he will be accountable if that doesn't happen. Um, his career is on the line as much as anyone else's. And But you've got to understand the head coach, not the CEO, has got to be the one that's got to have faith because it's their head on the line and they need them coaching the best way they can. And, that, and that's the question, Cam, before Sam takes us to a break. The accountability model of these guys, we don't want to talk to you about coaching because you're the CEO, yeah. but you're running the club. If you have another year like you do this year and we leak 14 to 16 points um, every game and end up at the wrong end of the table, yeah. what happens to those those guys that you've given, you know, you'll put your weight behind them to show the faith and keep them here. What happens to those guys? Do you look elsewhere to try and strengthen it? Yeah, 100%. We, it can't be, we've got to get better. There's no bloody second guessing in this at all. Everyone knows we've got to get better and everyone has to like, pull their heads in, get on the show and start working their backsides off from day one. Webby's very clear on that and he's very energetic about bringing a certain, um, a certain mindset to the organisation that I hope 
and have no doubt in my mind, but I hope it takes effect from day one. And I know our coaches around him and staff around him will be held account. Really keen to talk about that. Um, we'll take a short break, though. Um, if you do have any questions, double eight double three. We've got Cam George Warriors CEO in studio. So send through your texts on double eight double three. We'll take a short break and come back after this. Call anytime. 0800 150 Hard-hitting analysis of one of the greatest games on earth. We're talking rugby league. This is Running It Straight on SENZ. Yeah, welcome back into Running It Straight. We've got our Warriors CEO Cam George in the studio. Lots of texts coming in on double eight double three. We will try and get through um, as many as we can. One that um, has come through a lot on both the text stream and social media, Cam, was um, I think an email went out to members yesterday about nine home games at Mount Smart next year. And people are a little bit upset about that, but I'm assuming that's nine at Mount Smart. There's going to be others around New Zealand, is that? Yeah, that's right. Play? So there'll be nine at Mount Smart next year. Um, we're yet to announce. Uh, we're just finalising the, the paperwork now but we will have two games uh, also around New Zealand so there'll be 11 games, uh, we're already committed to that game at Ma- Magic Round in Brisbane uh, so there'll be nine games at Mount Smart two elsewhere in New Zealand and um, look there's a couple of some diluted discussions if you want to call it that still happening with a few clubs about whether or not they can bring uh, a game to New Zealand as well but they've got commitments they've got to try and um, get out of as well in Sydney but um Rest assured, uh, we'll have 11 games at least here in uh, New Zealand, which would be great. Because there was a lot of talk, you know, from both sides of the ditch around the NRL stepping in and, and, and teams bringing home games here, given what you guys have put up with for the last three years. And I guess you've heard all the clubs saying, you know, you kept the competition alive. We're so thankful. We're so grateful. Is it a little bit disappointing that it hasn't panned yeah, out that yeah, way? Yeah, it is. Um, there's no way... Of- you know, of hiding that. Um, um, it's not necessarily the club's fault, I've got to say. Um, a lot of them have had discussions with us, but they just can't get out of their commitments at their current stadiums. FIFA World Cup threw up a few problems for next year as well with a lot of stadiums blocked out, and I thought that would give us a chance, but the reality is a lot of stadiums over here are blocked out as well. So, um, you know, between us and rugby at Mount Smart and so on, it made it difficult as well. But Look, the NRL, for me, can do more. Um, and, you know, I keep challenging him to do more here. I've just recently asked him, you know, why can't we have a, a NRLW Magic Round here next year? You know, let's give, the, mm. let's give the women their space in New Zealand and have a couple of men's games around that as well. And um, But, I mean, you know, it's at the powers of B's office now. I can only keep asking. There is a question here from Sam. It's not me, I assure you. Um, he texted in saying, um, hey, Kempe, um, question for Cam. Next year when Webster and McFadden arrive, who decides who we recruit and target? Do the owner and CEO get a say in who we go for, or is it left to the coach and the general manager of recruitment? Are Webster and McFadden involved already? As a young coach, Webster should be given time to mould his team. He will have his own style and game plan and will need specific players to implement this. Hopefully he will get time. Warriors need to play the long game and not look for short-term glory so a bit of a question and then a bit of a statement from Sam. Yeah so if I can break it down yes Webster and Cappy are having discussions and dialogue a lot with me right now um, in regards to what interest we're either getting from player agents or what interest they wish to source out from different players for different reasons. Webby himself when he um, talked about wanting the job was very excited with the roster that we've got going forward, um, but also uh, he's put a couple of touches to it. Like Tamari Martin's a very good example. Webby coached him 
when he was at the Tigers, when he went from here to the Tigers. So they had an existing relationship in place. As soon as Webby got the job to Marty, he put his hand up and said, oh, you know, I'd love to come home if possible. And so he's got those relationships and he's got reasons why he wants him here. It wasn't just a given and so on. So um, he's involved. Cappy's very focused on the long-term benefit of our roster. Uh, as I said last night, he had, you know, from 23 in his spreadsheet was down to about 27 and I can assure you there weren't many imports, you know, once we get to 25 and on, um, they start to, you know, work themselves out of the system with marrying up what we've got coming through with Jersey Fleet teams, potentially SG Bulls and Harold Matts and so on. So they're involved. Uh, Cappy will be the person that brings a player to the table, but Cappy will do so much work on that person before, you know, he gets to the table uh, because if we're bringing him from the outside. There's got to be very good reasons for that. Nice, nice. Good to hear. What about what about the goodwill that you've created over the last three years from the NRL? What are they doing? It's gone. The goodwill's gone, mate. It's uh, you know I, I've got to say that we did what we had to do for ourselves, our fans, our club, and the game in general. But I can tell you, it's short lived. You know, mm. once you start getting your ass kicked, um, people forget about that. And 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 that's the part where I want the players to be home because when we get home, we get out of that that sort of um, environment, if you want to call it that, um, and mindset. Uh, look, uh, you've only got to look at next year. If there was so much goodwill that we've given the game, um, right now Andrew Abdo can stand on the steps of the NRL and say he's brought the All-Stars game to New Zealand, but so he should have. You know, it, it should be here. It should be here every second year. The only reason it hasn't been here before is because they already had – commitments to the stadiums but that's not bringing back the goodwill to the New Zealand landscape so we, we've got to relaunch the sport here as you well know and um, you know the the number of players that fulfil roster spots throughout the New Zealand uh, throughout the NRL that come from this environmental landscape is huge and so, I, so let's talk let's talk a little bit about that okay so We've got a team of we've got CEOs Australian. You've got Australian coach, Australian recruitment manager. You know, you've got this this wonderful development model in New Zealand oh, that's Lebanese, filling the mate. Lebanese. Yeah. Well, that's Australian. Um, and full the you full the NRL, the other fifteen teams with Kiwi players. How do we go about the New Zealand Warriors picking up the best kids in New Zealand when you've got people that actually don't know rugby league in New Zealand at the top of the tree? Well, I think it's making sure people around them had the knowledge and the expertise of the local um, landscape, if you like. And and I think we've got a number of people there now that will increase in numbers over time. Because uh, there's, there's Fisher-Harris, there's Tamari Martin that oh, was playing yeah. down in Waikato for two years, and, of course, you've got the, probably the best player in the world, and Joseph Manu from Tokoroa. How do you make sure that you're at the top of the queue not the back end of it and getting these people in New Zealand sending their players over to Australia as opposed up to Auckland to play at Mount Smart? Yeah, it, get your elbows up and keep everyone else out of the road. We've got to start winning, first and foremost, at the top. We've got to inspire the nation to be a warrior and that comes through representing um, our club really strongly and very well off the field as well as on the field. But we've got to have a presence everywhere and we've got to be engaged with all the bodies, governing bodies I'm referring to. Um, and that's why I'm really pumped about working with Bex about trying to get an MOU in place and really owning this space up here in particular and then starting to spread throughout the country because, you, 
you're right. We've 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 missed a lot, missed a lot. But equally, we can't keep them all. But what we want is the best kids to know that they can stay home and play in the NRL. Yeah. That's the mentality we want. So it's a lot of hard work, and I think for me personally, Campy, I, I've always sort of dreamt about it. But being having it taken away from you over the last couple of years has made me far more ambitious about driving that outcome. And you know, only you know, I live with Stacey and Redcliffe, and him and I quite often talk about it um, and, and echo your your vision and your passion about it. But we've got to do it and. Cappy, you know, you talk about Australians. What I want Cappy to do is drive those outcomes, not necessarily lead them, have people around him that are going to lead him that know the local landscape and everything. He's into the detail. He's into the strategy vision, the planning, this, allowing those guys and girls to get out there, find the talent, bring them in. Cappy's job is to make sure we're streamlining the process to bring those kids in and get them to the top. So um, whilst, you know, wherever they're from, He's going to be the administrator that makes sure we've got the right pathways in conjunction with anyone else around us to get the best outcomes to keep local talent here. Yeah. The, the, the question around mindset, Cam, and science. So let's talk a little bit about that because a number of texts come in this morning to say that we weren't fit. You know what I mean? And I'm not going to talk to you about football. Um, but in and around the science of the game, do you have the right people in the backroom staff to make sure that our team is prepared to kick off from the get-go? Uh, I don't know whether we... Uh, do you think we'll fit? It's a question that anyone will answer in any different way. I think, I think you're another. really tired, Like, and I've said, that on, I've said that a number of times. I think you've run your race and you're really tired and you can't wait for the season to end, but I think there's probably four or five NRL teams that have run their race and yeah. you just happen to be one of them. And in, in terms of the games, Kemp, you know, I know when we call them here, you always talk about um, you know, we start very strong, clearly, but then once those middle forwards come off the park, it, it seems like that's it almost and yeah, the bar I, goes down. I, I'd question whether that's fitness. I'd question whether... That's probably more our mentality around, you know, our depth and and so on, and our roster and injuries and so on. But uh, scientifically, if you want to go down that path, which I don't, um, you know, we are fitter than what we were last year. But it's not obviously reflecting in the scoreboard. Uh, but you know, Balin Couples has um, a very, a very capable team around them, and he's trained them a lot harder, a lot different this year. And I believe the boys responded better to it. Um, it just might be, you know, the. You know, it just might be the type of tempo and that the games we've been playing that we just haven't got the faster players in today's game that we once would have wanted. And, it, it, um, all, it all ends up going back to development and recruitment all the time, innit? Because you're talking about, I've got, um, since I'm going back to 2018, let's just talk a little bit about that, Cam, where Sean Johnson went and then he's come back where Kane Evans came in and then he was released and then you've got players over this year, Matt Lodge, Reese Walsh, Ewan Aiken all leaving the club. What it what it looks like is there's some instability around wanting to actually be a warrior mm. and and um, ownish, owning that warrior space. What is can you describe to me what the warrior way is? Yeah, um, look, I've got to say, at the end of last season, I, I personally was an all-time low myself um, in terms of what we were and what we stood for um, at the Gold Coast after that last game. And, um, you know, I went away and did a fair bit of thinking and questioned myself a fair bit about different stuff. And I went and sat down at a coffee with Dave Rennie 
and it was the most amazing experience. I went up to Century Cove where he lives and I wanted to pick his brain about how he's gone to other national teams, um, being a Kiwi himself, and how A, he adopted what cultures they had um, and being a national team with multi-cultures involved in it and what did he do? And he took me through his process that he'd done at the Chiefs and he's done in the Wallaby camp and so on and connected me with a few people. And I undertook uh, a very similar process. He said, it's not going to happen tonight, he said, but it'll happen if you stick with it. And Torhu Harris has been an exceptional leader in this regard. And um, there's an inner sanctum culture experience that we have now introduced that every player in the history of the Warriors moving forward, when it becomes history, um, you know, they will be a part of a special group that's been in our walker and, and so on. There's a really good, um, there's a really, really good um, engagement piece with that about our history, about the now, but about how we dictate the future. And um, being a warrior now is about nothing being gifted to us anymore. It's about we have to earn every single piece of success that we, we, we get in the future. We have to own every part that we fail. Um, we have to be consistently great day in, day out, and unquestionably we have to be able to receive honest feedback whenever we deserve it, and uh, whether that's good or bad. And they're three key values that I um, have, you know, with the players buy-in and with the staff buy-in, that won't change now. What we had, with the amount of coaches that we've changed over time, we've had a new headspace man come in or a headspace lady come in and they start changing the values, they start changing this. No player knew what they stood for. Uh, but on this occasion, after talking to Dave Rennie, he really set me straight on how to develop it and create it with the playing group. Um, and it'll now stand its time for the next X amount of years and won't change. So my point is we will now have an identity that every player is engaged with. We, uh, we'll take another quick break, um, Cam. We'll, we'll keep you there, though. We've got a few more questions to get through. I know Kibby's got a couple more, um, so we'll take one more short break and we'll come back with Cam George after this. Have your say on the great game of Rugby League. 0800 150 811. This is Running It Straight on SENZ. Yeah, welcome back into Running It Straight. Uh, we've got Cam George, Warriors CEO, in studio for a couple more minutes. Um, and there's a few texts coming in here on double eight double three. Um, Cam, quite a few, and they're worded in different ways. Some are a bit more aggressive than others. Um, so I'll try and put it as amicable as I can. How much, I, I guess, pressure do you feel as a CEO? You know, um, given what the club has gone through over the last few years. You mentioned last year was a, was a real low point. Um, where are you at in terms of you know your confidence as the CEO of the Warriors? Oh, I've been. I don't think I've, I've never felt so low in all my life in the last couple of years in, in certain areas, and, and this year's been really shattering for me personally. Um, you know, we've all been separated from our families, and, and, and not to get the results. The part that makes you the happiest is, from a professional aspect, is winning and, and everyone getting on your bandwagon and, and getting confidence that we're all heading off in the right direction. But when we had a few speed bumps during the course of the year and things derailed here and there, we jobs put it back on the rails and let them go again um it was important i just it's, it's nothing's about me it's about the club and you just got to keep doing what's right for the club and um i'm looking forward to a good break but i'm so excited about next year i just want to get home settle down stability and stability will always breed success no matter what industry you're in
Yeah, go home and grow a beard, mate. That's what you want to do. Hey, um, <laughs> I just got a question. I'm going to, uh, and everyone would would want me to ask this question. Your relationship with Mark Robinson, the owner. Yeah. Now, I've been in the similar situation as a coach. You've got Mark Robinson, I had Eric Watson, you had the owner, and and their input. Does he know where he should be as opposed to what your role is? Yeah, he does. Um, you know, let, let, I, I just want to be really clear here. This club couldn't have a better owner, and and you cannot you cannot dismiss what this bloke's done over the last few years while we've been at you know some very challenging and dark places as a club. A lot of people, a lot of clubs, were financially struggling and in trouble big time. And I use Canterbury Bulldogs as a classic example. Their resource, being the Leagues Club, once COVID hit and the lockdowns occurred and so on and so on, their resource dropped out. You know, it just dried up. They lost staff hand over fist. They were putting people off left, right and centre. And we all know that happened through a myriad of clubs. The one good thing that uh, Robbo did was want to look after the staff first and foremost. And everyone kept their roles. You know, there's a couple of little sort of roles that we didn't need because we're in Australia, but he supported that. Um, he's passionate about the long-term future of it. Uh, have we got it right? No. Have, will we get it right? Yes. But you couldn't ask for a better owner, mate, that's more passionate for our club, our future, and the kids coming through. We've got 30 seconds, Cam, just before we let you go. Um, Stacey, um, obviously, I wouldn't say he was throwing a, a grenade, but he was certainly throwing a curveball halfway through the season. I guess, you know, how... how Impressed have you been with the fact that he's had to deal with what he's had to deal with over the last 12 weeks? Outstanding. Um, he's actually been a big part of us doing better than where we could have could have been right now. And it's a credit to himself, credit to his you know wife, Rochelle, and the family. They've sacrificed a lot as well. And he's doing it really tough, Stace, from time to time. I I've live I've lived with him. And, um, you know, he, he, he hurts. And uh, he just wants to do the best thing by the club. And I can tell you, the only reason he's a head coach because it is the best thing for the club. If it was for any other club, he wouldn't have been the head coach. He, that's not what he wanted. Uh, we've got to run. We're running out of time. One final break. We'll come back after this. We need more time. Always need more time. So we've got 50 <laughs> seconds here. You've got one more question hey, mate, for Cam. I've got one more question for you, Cam. How are you? <laughs> how's, your, how's, your, how's your mental health, mate? How are you, how are you no, going? No. How's your family? No, no, they're, they're okay. They're glad I'm home. Uh, that won't last long, though. But, um, look, mate, it's good. It's, it's part and parcel of who we are, what we are, and you know that. We all know that. It's just great that so many questions there. That's the brand. That's the passion. That's the warriors. Good or bad, you've got to wear it. I wish you were my CEO. I might have lasted a couple more years. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> i tell you what, Cam, you mentioned the text. That they're, they're just absolutely flooded, and we, we couldn't get through all of them. I tried to paraphrase a bunch of them. I think we got through most of the important ones. Um, really appreciate you coming in studio um, for the hour. It's been great to catch up. Uh, last home game this Sunday, uh, so the Saturday, I should say. All looking forward to it. And um, 2023, come on, on, the Warriors. There we go. It's gone. It's our year. (laughs) Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely, and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 132191.